Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 246. This episode is brought to you by our friends at All About Learning Press. They're a great fit for the topic today of simplifying your homeschooling because it's a way to ditch the box curriculum and pick and choose an eclectic mix of curriculum and resources that really is easy to use and homeschool friendly. And that's what we found when we've used All About Spelling. So if you have a dyslexic kid or not, it's going to work for them. And it's easy to do spelling in just a few minutes a day, Throw out the weekly spelling lists, like remember having that back in elementary school where you had to cram 20 new words a week. I mean, throw that idea away and try All About Spelling. Another fun thing is that All About Learning Press offers a monthly giveaway and you do not have to be using their products to enter that giveaway. So go ahead and check it out. Plus, they have a really great resource library for dyslexics and other learning struggles that you can download these freebies and it might really help you out. So check them out at 41more.com forward slash spelling. Hello and welcome to episode 246. Of course, you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 246. And you're going to want to head over to the show notes today because I'm going to talk through 12 ways to simplify your homeschooling in the new year. And I created a one page hyperlinked PDF for you so that each of these little ideas that I'm going to talk about, if you want to deep dive into each one separately, it will link you to the appropriate podcast episode and uh, show notes page where we talk about each one. So I'm just going to hit the 12 ways in a, like a really big overview today to give you a kind of a taste for some things you might consider if you're overwhelmed, if homeschooling does not seem to be working really well, whatever you're doing, you need to change things up. If your kids aren't happy, if they're not learning, if it's a struggle every day to get through the homeschooling, then here are some ways to simplify this year. So definitely head on over to the show notes, download that hyperlinked PDF, and you will be able to then, you know, research and learn more about the specific ideas that you want to try this year. Of course, do I recommend changing 12 things up this week? No, (laughs) you know, decide which things you should start with do a little change and see how it works and maybe add a thing or two extra if you think that'll help. But some of you are already doing some of these things and and you just might need one or two new ideas. Some of you are really struggling and you might like most of these ideas. So let me dive into the 12 ways you can simplify your homeschooling in the new year. And if you're listening to this in the middle of the year, it doesn't matter. You could take any of these ideas and start implementing them next week or tomorrow. Like they're not, they're not super duper big where they're going to take a lot of planning or prep. And actually that's the whole point. We don't want to be working like crazy people as homeschool moms. We just need to be providing this amazing spread of learning resources and things to keep our kids curiosity engaged and to help our kids enjoy and to love learning. So if we're just working way harder than we need to be, if the kids are miserable, if it's, you know, you're spending eight to four every day working through the homeschooling, that's ridiculous. Here are ways to simplify your homeschooling. 
So the first way that you can simplify your homeschooling is to use routines instead of schedules. I know some of you are feeling crazy in your homeschooling because you've created rigid schedules and charts and then real life kicks in. And I know this because I see a lot of moms, especially new homeschool moms who are just pulling their kids out of public school. You're putting these really strict schedules out on Facebook, out on social media, and you're like, look, this does this look right? Does this look about right? And yeah, it looks nice and organized, but real life doesn't like strict schedules when you're homeschooling, right? Sometimes a dog gets sick. Sometimes someone's at your front door. The science experiment took way longer than you planned for. And if you have a rigid schedule and you can't keep up with it by 10 a.m., you're off schedule, that's going to stress you out because you're behind the whole day. But with homeschooling, you're never behind. So don't do schedules, do routines instead. What are routines? They're just a flexible framework that everyone knows what's next. Like we know what's next. It doesn't really matter how long something takes, but we know like what are the what are the kids supposed to do when they get up? What do we do first? How do we how does mom work with you individually? How do we work together? What do we do at lunchtime? What do we do right after lunch? Like Routines are flexible and they don't add an overwhelming burden. So check out episode 139 of the podcast where we discuss routines instead of schedules in more detail. Number two is to ditch the boxed curriculum. I think this is a big one because if your curriculum and the bulky teacher's manuals are driving you insane, then it's time to ditch that. We've seen much more success in our homeschool with a more eclectic approach, and there's been lots of moms I've worked with over the years to help them find a really great solution for their challenges, and they've also told me, yeah, I needed to ditch the you know fifth grade in a box, for example, and just pick and choose, because not everything is homeschool friendly. Some publishers are made for a classroom, and I've found that it doesn't translate well a lot of times over to a homeschooling situation. So... I think you need to find curriculum, resources, methods, strategies that really work well for homeschooling. And so part of that is ditching the boxed curriculum that's, you know, fifth grade in a box, every subject you're going to do, you know, especially like if it's like watching videos for every subject, then filling out all the worksheets, taking tests, taking quizzes. I mean, moms are routinely very overwhelmed with that. I see that all the time. So if that's you and it's not working for you, I think you should consider ditching the box curriculum and you can check out episode 236 on the podcast to learn more. All right. The next step kind of goes along with the previous one and it is to ditch the lesson planning. So if you've been spending weeks in the summer or countless hours every weekend filling out a big lesson planning book, and if this is driving you crazy, then you should stop. Listen, I am a former classroom teacher And so I had to map out my lesson plans when I was in the classroom. I had to leave my lesson plan book on my desk because if my principal came in, he expected to see what standards we were covering, what we were doing for each class. So classroom teachers kind of have to do that, but homeschool moms don't. And in my, all my years of homeschooling since 2008, I've never mapped out specific lesson plans for any of my five kids. So what can you do instead? You don't want to feel crazy. Well, number one solution is kind of like the previous one. You have to find homeschool friendly, open and go resources. We just stick a bookmark in. We're like, okay, we d- we've done it today that we're going to pick off right here tomorrow. I don't need to know, you know, when I'm planning the homeschool year, I don't need to know that on December uh, 3rd, we're going to be on lesson... 84 on math. Like it doesn't matter. I don't need to map that all out. 
So what's the solution? Basically plan once in the summer, pick your resources. You're just going to do either a certain, you know, one lesson a day or for my high schoolers, um, you know, an hour a day on each, you know, content area, plan once in the summer and set your plan on automatic. And so if you do that, I think you're going to be able to simplify your homeschooling. So if you want to learn more on how to ditch the lesson planning and what to do instead, check out episode 206 of the podcast. Okay, I'm really not advocating for you to throw everything out, but here's my next ditch. (laughs) Not only do you need to ditch uh, the lesson planning, the box curriculum, but I think to simplify your homeschooling, if you feel like you need to go this route, I think you can ditch the worksheets. Um, Many children, and I think you might be able to notice this in your kids, if they fill out tons of worksheets, they become just really passive in their learning, passive robots. Do you remember what it was like to be in school and to have to fill out mindless, mind-numbing worksheets? I mean, if that's what your homeschooling is made up of, and maybe that's because you bought some box curriculum that just is worksheet-driven. Now, some kids love worksheets. I have to be honest, I was that kid. Maybe that's why I became a teacher. I used to, my sister jokes, I also used to make my sister fill out worksheets when we would play school at home so that I could grade them with the red pen. And so that's where my sinister love of worksheets comes from. My sister always reminds me of this. Yeah, you used to make me fill out worksheets when we were kids. So sorry, my sister Sarah, sorry. (laughs) That's just, oh, anyway, it's kind of funny. But the homeschool world, and I'm, you know, in this homeschool world, homeschool bloggers, we really try to market hundreds of worksheets and printables to you. I personally try not to market like, like that that's what you should be doing all the time. Okay, of course, occasionally, there are certain worksheets, there are templates, there are printables that are helpful. But I find the ones that are more helpful are not just the mindless ones, they're the ones that actually make you think. So if you find that worksheets are becoming busy work that bores your kids to tears is not contributing to their learning, I think you should ditch them. And if you're like, well, then what are we going to do for school? I have compiled a bunch of strategies that work far better than worksheets, and you can check that out on episode 53 of the podcast. Okay, here's the next way that you can definitely simplify your homeschooling. Some of you are already doing this naturally, or you've been homeschooling enough years where you figured out that this works really well. But for those of you that are new homeschool moms and you haven't realized you can do this, this could be a really helpful point for you. And that is to teach multiple ages together. Now, when we think of school, we have this traditional factory model in our mind, which is what public schools are, where every grade is separated. And your first grader has first grade math, first grade language arts, also first grade science, history, art, like whatever else they're learning. Your third grader has all separate subjects. Your fifth grader has all separate subjects. This is also how boxed curriculum Uh, markets to you. They say your third grader needs a complete third grade curriculum in a box. Your fifth grader needs a complete fifth grade curriculum in a box. Not only is this hard to juggle as a homeschool family, it can be really boring because there's lots of worksheets and also it's very expensive. And so if you want to simplify not only your sanity and your daily schedule and being able to fit everything in, but if you also want to be able to enjoy homeschooling again and save a ton of money, teaching multiple ages together is the way to go. This is the way that I was able to keep my sanity with four little boys homeschooling in the early years before we added our number five. You know, we just did everything together except those skill specific subjects, which would be math 
and your language arts. Because yes, your first grader needs his own math, you know, separate from your fourth grader, clearly. And also phonics, you know, when they're learning to read and even, you know, grammar possibly like needs to be different because they're on different levels. But even your read alouds can be the same. And then every single other thing you would ever do in your homeschool can be together. Some publishers or homeschoolers call them table subjects and couch subjects. So your table subjects are those individual things. You know, everyone's doing their own math and maybe you walk around the table and help them as they need a little help. And then your couch subjects are those fun, cozy subjects that you're just doing together. So maybe for science, you're reading a living book on how seeds grow and you're reading this and it's so wonderful you're all on the couch, you're reading this big book. Maybe when you're done, they all add to their notebooking pages, or maybe you just narrate around the room and everyone tells what they learned. And then you pull out your read aloud, and then you pull out your Bible or your music appreciation or your artist study or your history, and you just read them history. It's so enjoyable. And you can do a lot of things together. No one has to, you know, Abraham Lincoln is not, does not have to be a third grade topic rather than fifth grade, rather than seventh grade. Like any age can learn that. Any age can learn different science topics. Of course, your first grader is going to learn on a different level than your fifth grader. And that's where your narration or your notebooking or whatever you're using in addition to, you know, just reading to them, that's where that will show the grade level difference. Your third grader will write a different narration or give a different oral narration than your fifth grader and so on. If you want to learn more about teaching multiple ages together, even if you have babies and toddlers, like how is this possible? Check out episode 51 of the podcast. Okay, this is number six. Here's the sixth way to simplify your homeschooling, and that is to create independent, responsible learners. Remember the key. Mom or dad, whoever's homeschooling, shouldn't be working harder than the kids. As your kids get older, they should be taking more and more responsibility for their own education. And by the time they're in high school, your teens should be highly independent and doing great work, of course, with your coaching as needed. And so I loved episode 232 of the podcast. We chatted with Dennis Denoya of Mr. D Math about creating independent, responsible learners. And additionally, check out episode 197, where we talked about helping your kids gain academic independence. The next way to simplify your homeschooling is to use the strategy known as notebooking. This is so wonderful. You can literally toss the silly workbooks that are just piling up that everyone hates filling out anyway. You can toss a lot of textbooks unless you find a really great one that you don't mind, you know, your kids don't mind reading, but you can actually branch out to living books, way more interesting books here and use notebooking. So If you agree that your children should be working harder than you and that if you'd love for them to be more active in their learning, then notebooking is a solution for that. So you can teach multiple ages together really easily with notebooking because you're all doing the same lesson. You might be reading their science lesson and looking at the book with them on the couch, and then they all go do their own notebooking pages, of course, at different levels like we just talked about previously. So if you want to dive into notebooking more, that's on episode 156 of the podcast. And of course, our friends at Notebooking Pages offer 3,000 free notebooking pages that you can download, try them out, see what you think. And you can find them at 41more.com forward slash notebooking. 
along with notebooking, narration is another strategy that works well for using less worksheets and having a more natural learning experience. Narration is simply telling back. There's nothing in, you know, I don't know, there's nothing in the world that says your first grader needs to be writing big sentences and filling out tons of worksheets. In fact, a lot of their education at the younger years can be oral. This is how things have happened for centuries and millennia. People didn't always write everything down the way that we're so obsessed with worksheets. You can just have your kids tell back. And what kid doesn't naturally like to tell what they learned, right? So if you're out and you're at the beach and your child finds seashells and stuff, they're coming up to you. They're telling you about where they found it, what they saw near it and all this stuff. They're explaining it to you. I mean, they love to tell, right? And so when you're reading a read aloud or science or history or any of these other things, you just say, okay, wh- who was this about? What's the main points? What was most important? What did you learn? How does this relate to what we learned yesterday? How does this relate to this topic? You just kind of talk. It's so natural. The beauty of narration is also that it works well for your kids with dyslexia or other writing struggles. And plus, narration will grow with your children and slowly build up their ability to speak and write on a topic. Because have you ever been at that point in your schooling where you needed to write a paper or an essay and you just saw this blank sheet of paper? You're like, what in the world am I supposed to write? Well, if if you're able to do narration really seamlessly, That's coming up with what to write. That's just speaking it out. And then you're able to put that on paper. So it does help your children become better writers eventually because they can come up with the ideas first, not be hampered down with the physical writing. And then eventually they will be able to be good writers because they've been able to come up with coherent ideas first. So we talked about narration on the podcast through the years on many different episodes. And so you can learn more about narration in episodes 211, 179, and 30. Don't forget, if you're missing any of these episodes that you want to check out, remember, I do have that clickable PDF for you in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 246. So you don't need to keep track of them all. You can just download them and have them at your fingertips. So one other strategy that you might want to try out in the new year, especially if things are crazy, if you need to simplify and you're like, okay, what we're using is not working. Well, then I think you should try out unit studies. Now, this is especially helpful if you've got elementary kids, maybe into middle school. I mean, it could go into middle school. Some of this does not apply to high school, in my opinion, because I feel like my high schoolers are usually doing pretty deep dives into stuff on their for their transcript. They're doing dual enrollment. I mean, they're pretty busy on their own. But especially K through six, maybe K through eight, unit studies are a great strategy for teaching multiple ages together and also for learning about topics that are super interesting. Um, our friends at unitstudy.com offer tons of ready-made unit studies. You can find them at 41more.com forward slash unit study. It will take you right to their weekly specials page. And so you could purchase them or you can create them for yourself. But if you want to learn more about unit studies and how they will simplify your homeschooling, check out episode 174. So maybe your homeschooling needs simplified better by organizing your physical supplies. Maybe it's not strategies that are driving you crazy. Maybe it's actually your physical space. It feels cluttered. You can never find stuff. You know, things don't get put away and you need to figure out a better way to be organized. Well, on episode 72 of the podcast, we talked to Lisa Woodruff of Organize365.com all about organizing your homeschool. 
But in episode 169, we pulled out one of her tips from that bigger interview, and it's about creating a homeschool supply store. So if you can find a space in this new year where you can make a homeschool supply store, you know, to put your pens, your notebooks, the craft supplies, the tape, all the stuff that you need to look for on a daily or weekly basis... If you can find a spot in your house that works well for you guys to make a homeschool supply store, this could simplify your homeschooling by making your space more organized. So definitely check out those episodes to learn more. Okay, we're down to our last two points. Here is number 11, a way to simplify your homeschooling, and that's to keep homeschool paperwork to a minimum. Some of this is going to go along with ditching the worksheets and not having a big bulky teacher planner. I mean, all of that, and if I had all that, it would drive me crazy. It would make me feel so overwhelmed. And if you feel the same way, maybe part of simplifying for you is going to be keeping homeschool paperwork to a minimum. So I gave eight strategies for dealing with the homeschool paperwork clutter in episode 153. So if that's something you need to learn more about, check out episode 153. And finally, number 12, here's how to simplify your homeschooling. This is for those of you who have high schoolers or maybe you have a middle schooler and you're looking at high school in the next couple years. I think that dual enrollment is a great way to simplify your homeschooling. Why is that? Well, you're outsourcing at least part of their education through dual enrollment. So when you do this, not only will these classes count on the high school transcript toward high school graduation credits, but your teen can also be earning college credit at the same time. Now, my kids have done this very successfully and completed at least one year of their college before they even get there, which greatly reduces the years they're in college and the amount of money they're paying because a lot of dual enrollment will also give you a discount if you're taking college classes while in high school. So they're getting a discount on that. They're doing it while they're living at home. So they're not paying room and board and it's really worked out great. Um, The other thing is they're able to try college classes while they're still homeschooling. And so you can kind of help them learn how to be more organized, how to take notes, how to deal with an outside teacher, which some of our kids aren't super, you know, great at because we've been their teacher this whole time. So there's just a lot of ways where this will help you by outsourcing. And of course, by giving your teens more responsibility and independence in their studies, it's going to take something off your plate as a homeschool parent. So definitely look into dual enrollment. And we covered that on episode 231 of the podcast. So don't forget to grab the linked PDF that we include in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 246 so that you can work through these strategies and simplify your homeschooling. You really can have a peaceful, productive, and organized homeschool experience with your kids. And I hope some of these ideas will help you get there. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. <laughs>